Hi, I'm Sissy Graham Lynch. Welcome to Fearless, helping you have a fearless faith in a compromising culture. I'm excited to have a special guest with me today, Adie Camp. Adie is the wife of Christian artist Jeremy Camp, and the two of them, along with their children, have joined my dad on many of his Decision America tours throughout the country, and we just wrapped up in Florida where I had the opportunity to interview her. But for those who are not aware, the two of them, Jeremy and Adie, they met shortly after Jeremy's first wife, Melissa, passed away. So we'll talk with Adie of what it was like to meet Jeremy at that time in his life. And we'll also talk about raising children. For her, she walked away from a promising career, a music career as well, so she could raise her family. And we're also going to discuss the movie coming out that is about Jeremy's life. I still believe what it was like for her to see that on the big screen. She's also got two books coming out and we'll discuss those. So there's a lot to talk about on today's episode of Fearless. I've only known Adi for a couple of months and she truly is amazing and inspirational. And I don't say that about too many people, but she has inspired me to be um, a godly wife and a godly mother and has challenged me in many areas. So I'm thankful that she is here today to join us. So I'm so glad to have AD Camp with us today. And we're actually at my dad's last stop of his Sunshine State tour here in Florida. We're in Fort Myers, which is my town, so I'm so excited. So we're at the arena, and the event starts in a couple hours. So if you hear background music and people um, during rehearsal, you call them rehearsal? What do you yeah. call them? <laughs> Sound check. Sound check. I don't do music, so I don't know. So I'm so excited to have AD and out of her busy schedule to take time with us. Thank you, I, Sissy. I'm so stoked to be here oh, with you. I know y'all are yeah. busy, so to say yes. But I just got to meet AD probably a couple years ago, mm-hmm. maybe for the first time. Yeah. So I haven't gotten to know you well. We were supposed to be in Israel for a whole week together yes. with Skip Isaac on an Israel tour. And that was the week my grandfather passed away. Yeah. So I didn't get to join you and your family. But it has been so wonderful to watch you from afar. Oh, thank you. And when I asked AD to do this podcast, I said... I just want you, I'm sure a lot of people ask for you and Jeremy yes. <laughs> to do together, but I wanted you because what I've loved about watching you is you're kind of like a mama bear and <laughs> you are a strong woman who has supported her husband. You have raised beautiful and wonderful and kind children. Mm-hmm. And I just want to hear more about that today. Thank you. I'm excited. Oh yeah. So for those who don't know your story yep. and for many people, they might not know Jeremy's story. Yes. And for a lot of people that don't know it, they might find out soon because he has a movie coming out yeah. called... I Still Believe. I Still Believe. And yeah. that comes out in March. Uh, he's got a book coming out uh, this month, February? Yeah. February. So they're just in a busy season of life. And for those who don't know the two of your story, tell us how y'all met in the time of life and Jeremy was in and what that was like for you. Okay. So I was in a rock band actually called The Benjamin Gate. And um, I was born and raised in South Africa, and my band got signed to a record label. So we moved our entire crew over to America, and we started touring. 
And um, I'd been playing for a couple of years. And on one of those tours is when I met Jeremy for the first time. And he, um, it was his very first tour. So he was actually in the opening position before me, (laughs) which is always kind of fun. (laughs) And so, um, but we met on tour and we just hit it off as friends first. Neither one of us were really interested in each other. And he had actually about a year and a half before that um, had just lost his wife to cancer. And, um, and so it was definitely still, you know, grieving for sure. And, um, yeah, but we just, we weren't interested in each other. We just hit it off and became really good friends. But, um, somewhere along the line, I think we just felt such a deep connection with one another. It almost just feels like those moments where you feel like, gosh, I've, I've known this person my whole life kind of thing, you know? And, um, obviously the Lord had different plans and we got married just about a year, a year and a half after we met. Oh, wow. So that yeah, was so it was fast. fast. Yeah. Um, and then I've just toured the world pretty much playing music. And Jeremy for a long time shared his testimony about uh, losing his first wife and just how the Lord had gotten him through that. And that was one thing that blew me away when I met him was the story of him and his wife as well, just the incredible amount of faith that they had through such adversity. I mean, you don't look at cancer in the face, you know, and I mean, that's when sort of the rubber meets the road. Your true character comes out as to how you handle those situations. And I was so blown away by them and um, it made such a deep impact on my life. And so, um, yeah. So you had to walk with him more as a friend first. He was obviously in a tough spot in life and a career was starting off and... What was it like to come alongside of a friend? How how were you a friend to him in those moments? I would just check in with him from time to time. You know, um, when we were on tour together, it was their wedding anniversary and her birthday. And again, because I wasn't romantically interested in him, I didn't feel threatened by it or anything. And so I think in some senses it set the tone of our relationship, that it wasn't about ever having to replace her or anything like that. Um but I just would check in with him. And I mean, I think I always just ask myself, like, if I were him, what would I want someone to do for me? You know, mm-hmm. and nothing crazy. I mean, I just check in like, hey, are you doing OK today? Just acknowledging I know it must be a hard day today. Just wanted to see that you're OK. And, you know, and that just in and of itself would, would mean a lot to him. But then as we got closer, we would start to have a lot more intimate conversations about their relationship. And I mean, there were many, many times that we would, he would be crying and we would just hold each other and I'd be crying and he's sharing like deep, deep, hard, hard stuff that they walked through. Um, cause at one point, um, they totally believed that she was healed. And I mean, the faith that they had was so real. They genuinely believed and were trusting God for, um, a miraculous healing. And at some point, um, she actually was healed. Um, and it's kind of a crazy story how the cancer ended up coming back. Um, but you'll have to watch the movie to find that out. Okay, well, anticipation will yeah. be. I remember you saying one time, I think maybe in an interview, I heard you say, "Whether how do you live up to a first wife? Yeah. And you had said, Jeremy is a completely different person now that he's gone through grieving yes. than he was with his first wife. Yeah. It's like two different Jeremys. Yeah. So how do you explain that to people? Or did you feel that at all Absolutely. being compared to her? Um, not by Jeremy. Not ever by him. Did, I mean, definitely, you know, and even I had to almost be careful of my own thoughts of comparing myself to her. Um, sometimes I think we are our own worst enemy. Um, Jeremy never did. And in reality personality wise, we actually were very, very different. And so there wasn't 
we, it was such a different scenario that we came out of. Um, I wasn't in a great place when I met Jeremy spiritually. I was coming out of a really dark time in my life, whereas she was coming out of one of the best times in hers. So there was, it was almost not even comparable, like style-wise and things like that. Um, the thing that we did have in common is we totally both love the Lord, you know? And so um, I, I really just always saw her as a sister in Christ. It wasn't ever like, I've got to outdo her or be better than her because Jeremy and my story was so different from theirs. And I mean, you can't ever expect, I mean, that was his first love. It was his first wife. I'm not, I don't ever sure. expect him to stop that. You know what I mean? I mean, I wouldn't, if I had been in love and married before, it would be so unfair for someone else to come and say, okay, now out with that person. And I mean, it's even like, you know, sometimes when you have kids with your first kid and then when you're pregnant with your second, you think, how am I ever going to love the second one the same? And there's always this fear, but you just do, you know, and Jeremy's always described that as your heart just grows with the capacity to love somebody else, you know? Um, and as well, I think as if anyone knows who's been through trials um, and experienced death, it it does change you in a lot of ways. I mean, there's just something about having to walk through that kind of hardship um, that we call the new normal, you know. Um, and I don't even mean that nece- necessarily negatively. You just, there's certain things in life that cut so deeply. And so Jeremy, you know, before Melissa probably didn't struggle with fear and stuff like that. And afterwards, because of having to watch her suffer, it opened a whole new world of fear for him and anxiety. You know, is this going to happen again? Am I going to watch my kids suffer? And so it it was the story that I was walking through with him was different from what he walked through with her, you know? Um, And this, I, I hope this doesn't come across the wrong way, but I feel like in a sense, he was there to walk through with her in her trial. And I feel like the Lord gave me to him to walk through in his trial. You know what I mean? And not, I'm not saying that he's not there for me because he is as well, but it's just different, you know? Well, when you look at the piece, especially from the outside, as many of us have watched you guys over the years, only God can orchestrate something like that and piece it together to bring him glory. Absolutely. And I've also heard you say something I thought was so beautiful with Jeremy, you know, sharing his story over the years and through his career and what God has orchestrated in your lives. And you talked to an older lady that maybe was a mentor in your life. Yeah. And share that with us about how, how could you prevent him telling a story that would bring God glory and honor? Yeah. So I was, I was really so thankful. It was such a God meeting for me because I got to sit down with um, a pastor's wife. Her name's Tammy Corson. And she was the second wife as well. And because um, um, John's wife had been killed in a car wreck. And so I got to sit down with her and she just from the very get go said to me, she said, if Jeremy never, ever shared about you from stage, but only ever shared about Melissa, would you be OK with that? And I don't know that she even knew what a challenge that was spiritually, that it really set the tone for me. But I mean, with instantly I knew I didn't even have to think about it. it I was okay with it because I've seen so many people impacted and, um, and just touched. And I just, I mean, I always just said to the Lord, Lord, how dare I ever get in the way of you doing a move? You know what I mean? And so if, if there's moments 
perhaps that I might feel insecure, whatever it is, just meet me there because I don't ever want to stand in the way of what God is doing. And there was a quote from missionary um, Isabel Kuhn that said, I would gladly lay myself aside as long as I would see you move. And I just felt like that was something that was so deeply ingrained in me that I just thought, I don't need to be the center of attention. I don't need to be the one that Jeremy talks about. If people are coming to know Christ and they're seeing um, we're seeing people's lives impacted, I'm all in, you know? And well, so that's a reminder to all of us, as I was reading in scriptures today, the humility we're to have in serving the Lord yeah, and how easy it is in our society to put ourselves first. Totally. And it, even just with social media and all the oh, noise, it's so easy to yeah. quickly. And I was just like, Lord, search my heart. If there's anything totally. that I'm prideful or put myself to remember, it's nothing on the works I've done, yes. but only through the grace of God and yeah. for his glory to be known and to be made. Totally. But as we talk about humility, I have loved, for many people, they didn't know you were in a band and you had your own <laughs> career that was yeah. starting off when the two of you met. Yeah. He was at the beginning of his career and y'all got married and you had children pretty quickly. Yeah, we did. How, how long had y'all been married? We, um, we got pregnant a month into being married. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so yes, y'all had a lot going on. Yeah. But we live in a society where women are coming out and saying, we need to put ourselves first finally. Yeah. That we need to put our careers first, ourselves first before our marriage and our husbands and our children. And that's really just not biblical. No. By any means. And you set an example to me in a time with my career and I'm trying to pick and choose of what I say yes to and what I no to. Yeah. And raising children. I'm a, My children are young and you got teenagers already, but... We're living in a society, we just listened to Michelle Williams at the oh. awards ceremony yeah. saying if she hadn't had an abortion, she wouldn't be able to have her career, pretty much, I'm paraphrasing what she said, that she wouldn't be able to have her career and win these awards if she hadn't had an abortion. She's putting herself first Absolutely. for her career. Yeah. But you didn't. No. Tell us about that. Well, I think, again, I mean, it was one of those things where I just, I always want to be where God is moving. And I think... As women, we've been presented so many different opportunities to do things. And I, I do think for me personally, one of the most fulfilling things that I've ever experienced is being a mom. And I have to let you guys know, I'm not, I'm, I actually have a very strong personality. So I'm not one of those, like I am driven, I'm am ambitious. Um, there's, I have level of perfectionism in me. I'm, I'm all in, I'm wholehearted, I'm passionate. And so I'm, I'm not just saying this, you know, and being content to just go sit at home and do nothing. I I've, I have dreams and have desires and all of those things, but I've trusted the Lord so much with where he has led me. And I remember once there was a season that I was so busy saying yes to everything, doing everything I could possibly think of. Um, and there was a lady that said to me, um, if you have too many things on your plate, inevitably something falls off. And I realized in that mm. season, I don't want that to be my kids. I don't want it to be my kids, that that's the thing that falls off the plate. Wow. And so it was just one of those, it was a little bit of a wake up call for me um, of just learning to say no to things. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing, the lie of the enemy will tell us and the lie of the world is that if we say no to things now that we'll never have opportunities. And I just want to say that that's such a lie because in trusting God, I've totally laid my singing career aside and followed and supported my husband, raising my kids um, I'm not saying homeschooling is for everyone, but it's what works yeah, for so us. Yes, she even homeschools. You know? So I, I'm not one of those, I'm not going to tell you that homeschool's for everybody. You have to do it. We love it. It works for our dynamic and when, when we travel. Um, but I have no regrets whatsoever on opportunities. And 
the Lord has still given me so many opportunities. I've been able to sing on numerous different things. I've written two books. I've, I mean, at one point, there were so many, I mean, there've been lots and lots of opportunities that as a woman, I feel absolutely fulfilled that I've been able to make an impact in the world around me while being a stay-at-home mom. Um, Now, I know that there's dynamics for different women. I know not everybody can be a stay-at-home mom. I mean, my sister has to work a full-time job um, and look after her kids. So I know I'm blessed in that way that I don't have to work. But I just think it is such a lie of the enemy just to say that we're, we have to put ourselves in front constantly, that we can trust God with his leading and his plan for our lives. I mean, I'm looking at my kids now. We've got two and a half years left with our oldest girl before she graduates. And the time has flown by so fast. And I still feel like I have my whole life ahead of me in some you ways. Do. 80, you look like you're 20. You could be your sister. <laughs> I mean, she said she only has two years left with her daughter at home. It blows my oh, mind. Because no. beautiful and young Thank looking. You. And I mean that in the best compliments. I do agree, and I've had to figure that out. And I've been trying to tell my friends, say no to things. Yes. I have no problem saying no. Yeah. We live in a society that is constantly overwhelmed by our to-do list, yeah. trying to balance work and home and yeah. traveling. You and I have different kinds of lives that take us on the road all the time. Yes. And I know that's not what it looks like for a lot of people. And everybody's yeah. got to figure out what works for their family. Yes. But I'm really good at saying no. Yes. I've, and- I've had to learn to be. Initially, I wasn't. And that's in that season when I was saying somebody said something, you know, something's falling off your plate right now. You know, I don't even go to people's birthday parties on the weekends because I travel so much. Yeah. I, my Saturdays are very sacred to me and my family. Yes. I want it family time. Totally. So I try to give women that freedom. Of yes. saying, it's okay not to do this, but everybody's family is different. You guys are on the road all the time. Yes. Y'all are currently away from home for two months. Yes. And I think that is beautiful that y'all have centered your careers and Jeremy's career around your family. Yeah. Where he goes, you all go. Yes. And I know not everybody can do that. Yeah. But I think that's a beautiful example that you want your children to see why dad is gone all the time. That it's not about Jeremy Camp, but it's about the love of Jesus and the gospel. That how do you as your family, even though it's an unconventional lifestyle you live on the road, how do you keep it family oriented? Are there and Jesus in the center of it all? I think we can't, we're very we have a lot of conversations in our family. There's many many times we'll have little like huddle up times where it's like okay we need a little family discussion, and I just constantly try to point the kids back to the Lord why we do what we do, um, that the sacrifices we make offer a greater purpose. It's not just oh dad gets to make some money or it, the motivations are not just earthly accolades or prestige or it just is really really about eternal things for us because I'll be honest I don't know if Jeremy wasn't so ministry minded I don't know that I would it would be harder to support him if he was just ambitious you know but he's so um his heart is so for seeing people being touched by the Lord that that's easy to get behind because that's my heart as well you know and so it makes it worthwhile as a family for the kids to know okay you're missing out on a best friend's birthday party or a hang time with your youth group or whatever it is to go on the road with dad in order to see people's lives being impacted because that's, we just, I'm, we're so much people that have to live with an eternal perspective, you know? And then when it comes down to just balancing things practically, we just always constantly check in with each other. Like, are you guys doing okay? Are you mm. missing home? How are you feeling about things? We give them opportunity to speak freely, you know, um, and then kind of guide them through some of those things, you know? That's so true. Just this week, as we've been on tour throughout Florida, 
with Decision America, my little girl missed something big at school and she was crying. And I had to say, Margaret, you did miss something fun. Yeah. But let's look at what else you got to do. We got to pick out the good. Absolutely. There's a balance and give and take. And I said, mom has done her whole life like that where we've missed out on other things, but um, God has given us this. Like for me and my dad in ministry, he was gone all the time growing up. Yeah. That was really difficult at a young age. It was at 18 and I resented him a lot. And it was finally at 18. Like I hated being a gram. I hated my dad traveling. But around 18 years old, I realized I had a dad who's obedient to God's calling on his life. Totally. Yeah. How thankful I was for that. That he was taking the love of Christ all around the world. Yes. And I had to realize the good with the bad. Totally. And you have to point out the good in your life. Yeah. And really the reality is absolutely anything good in our lives, a good marriage, a good family, whatever it is, it takes sacrifice. Mm -hmm. It takes dedication. It takes hard work. It takes commitment. Those things don't just happen because you wake up one morning and decide it's going to happen. Like you literally have to work at those things, you know? And I think the same is true when it comes to raising our kids and just pouring that into them. Like there are going to be sacrifices and that's life. You're going to have to make sacrifices forever. (laughs) Y'all are on the road all the time, which it's just crazy. Like I said earlier, y'all are gone for two months. Yeah. Yeah. But you've also been very open um, with life and the lifestyle and everything of Jeremy's um, struggle with anxiety and fear. Yeah. And you mentioned that earlier. Mm. And we look at a society in general that is struggling with Oh, it's crazy. Um, anxiety. We The number one Bible verse last year that was Googled was be anxious for nothing. Oh. Because you see a society that Satan is just robbing the joy out of people yeah. and implanting fear. Um, but you have never struggled with fear and anxiety. No. So since he's not here to talk on his behalf, yes. let's talk on yours, though. How do you walk through with somebody in your life? Because I guarantee most marriages, there's one of the spouses that are struggling with yeah. it. How do you walk through somebody who's struggling with anxiety, who doesn't want to go out in public, and he's normally... Mr. Socialite. (laughs) And that fear has just paralyzed him. What do you do? Well, I'll be totally transparent and say, at first, um, I thought it was weird because I didn't relate at all. I don't... I'm not somebody that struggles with fear. Um, I have struggles of my own, of course, insecurities or whatever it is, and but fear and anxiety wasn't something I could just very easy sort of rationalize it out. You know, if I ever felt anxious or anything, I'd just sort of talk myself out of it, you know? So to be swallowed up and completely just incapable of doing anything for me when, when I even heard of it was like, well, that seems kind of weird, you know? But then I realized what a real struggle it was. And not only for Jeremy, but it, there's definitely, it runs in his family, you know, Mm -hmm. so you can see the sort of generation that sort of passes down of anxiety and depression and just this heavy, heavy, dark stuff. And so I realized very quickly, like, okay, this is real, even though I may not fully understand it, I need to pay attention to it. And so I think that was the first thing that I learned to do was to not dismiss it. Because I think sometimes we can make the mistake of dismissing something just because we don't understand it. And so then I just honestly started praying because I thought, okay, Lord, I don't even understand what it's like to be in that situation of just being so drowned in fear and anxiety. I mean, and and if, for those who know Jeremy, he isn't, he literally is like happy-go-lucky guy, loves being around people. And I mean, there were a couple weeks that he didn't even want to go in, out in public, which is just so unlike him, you know? And so to find a place, I knew at one point we needed to get out the house just to change scenery and 
to find a place where we wouldn't run into people that mm. knew him or industry people or whatever. Um, we went and found this like little coffee shop in the country somewhere. Mm. <laughs> and even that was still really difficult for him, you know. But um, I think the thing that the Lord showed me, and this is going to sound funny to some, but um, Jeremy has explained the game of football to me. And so what the Holy Spirit showed me in it was just about like so oftentimes when we get into hard situations, we literally want to in the first place score the touchdown. Like we just want to get the ball and run it to the end and score the touchdown. But there's so many plays that have to happen between mm-hmm. once you get the ball and you've got to slowly work it down the field. And it was just like the Lord was just saying just moment by moment by moment that it isn't God doesn't, he does sometimes give us the victory instantly, but oftentimes it's about those little victories that we have to build upon. And so that was just something with Jeremy that I just felt like it was just those little victories. And so in some of those moments, I would just say to him, what do you need me to do right now? Like, do you need me to just lie next to you and, and hug you? Do you need me to warfare? Like, do you need me to be the one praying? Do you want me to read scripture for you right now? Do you want to put worship on? Like we, I would just sort of give him options of what seems like the out right now, you know, and all of it, we really, I'm not against medication at all, but we chose to really cry out to the Lord. I do feel like sometimes medication can numb certain situations. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important that you deal with it. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, sometimes we do, people do need the medication to kind of get them out, but you've got to understand medication or not, you have to deal with the root issue. And so Jerry and I just started praying together, Holy Spirit, show us what that root issue is of the fear and of that anxiety and of the depression. And the Lord really started to speak to Jeremy about just having unforgiveness in his heart um, of resentment, you know, towards just some family members or close people around us and um, just of just learning to trust the Lord, even having watched his wife die of trusting God that he was good, that his plans for Jeremy are good, you know what I mean, no matter what. And so it's just sort of, I can't say that we have the exact answer, but it was just whatever that play was that in a sense needed to be called for the moment that that was, um, yeah, I mean, just how we sort of got through all of that, you know, and I just try to be understanding um, and not get impatient with him if he, in a sense, relapsed and just going, you know, if that was me, I don't know how long I would struggle with something. I mean, we all have insecurities that might we might struggle with for years and Mm -hmm. we can't wag our fingers at one another and be like, get over it. You know, I mean, it sometimes is a process of God healing things in our hearts and working things out of us. And so just being patient with one another. And at the end of the day, it's just always for me was really praying and asking the Lord to give me the grace that I needed supernaturally. Like if I didn't have it in just my natural ability of just understanding of going, God, you can give this to me supernaturally. So give me a supernatural ability to be a helper to my husband, you know? And I think that's so important because you don't understand. I did not use to understand anxiety. Mm -hmm. I just thought it was like, oh, you're mentally weak. Yeah, for sure. Get over it. Suck it up. But now I've struggled with it in the last two years and I understand it. But there, I do believe there's a balance yes. often when somebody's really struggling in the pit and the darkness of just anxiety and fear. And it's so important for those who don't understand it to not dismiss it, no. but to come alongside those that you love yes. and help and support them. So yeah. thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And the truth is millions and millions of people struggle with it. It is a like an epidemic in our time. Because Satan can steal the joy. Yeah. And that's what he's doing to steal the joy of thy salvation, I think. Totally. But um, 
let's switch gears here because you guys have a busy, busy couple of weeks coming up. We do. <laughs> and I'm so amazed that during their busy time that they're on tour with us at the Billy Graham Evangelistic Aww. Association. We love you guys. <laughs> and y'all just have so much going on, but they have a movie coming out that is about Jeremy's life and his first marriage and his yeah. career taking off. And it's called I Still Believe. It comes out, what's the date? March 13th. And it's incredible because it's produced by, or put on by Lionsgate. Yeah, so it's the Owen brothers who did I Can Only Imagine. And um, Lionsgate have partnered with them. And they're the main, I mean, Hollywood. Yeah, this is like secular world. It totally is. It's incredible when you see what's going on in Hollywood right now with faith. And these movies that keep on growing. Yeah. But for you, I want to ask you on a personal level. I know you've lived the story of Jeremy's life. You've heard it. You've been by his side. You've been married 16 years, 16 or 17 years. Yeah, 16, yeah. So it's nothing new. No. But when you see it on film, was that a different, did that resonate something different in your heart? Was it harder to see it like played out in film for you? Yeah. I mean, as you say, it isn't new. There's, there's, I know that all the details of the story, um, I helped when Jeremy wrote his first book. I was very much a part of the editing process. And because a lot of that stuff, you have to understand for him, is very difficult to relive. So in some of that, I've tried to be alongside him, like, okay, what can I do to help you mm-hmm. here? Um, and so watching it on the big screen, it's hard. It really is hard to go there and for him to, in a sense, because it's so real and the actors did a phenomenal job. I mean, we were blown away by them. I mean, so much so that it, it was it was really hard. There were a couple days that we couldn't, I mean, watching it was just too difficult. And it was like, okay, we want to be here for them. But at the same time, this is torture, just putting yourself mm-hmm. through this, you know. So were you all on set often? To, wow. Yeah, we, we were most of the time. We missed a couple weeks in the middle. Um, but we got to be there for, for most of the filming. And it was incredible. It was really, really awesome. But it, it's hard. It's hard seeing... I mean, there's a scene in it that it, for me as a wife, it's hard to see my husband so brokenhearted, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, just as... Have your kids seen it? They have. Was it difficult for them to see it? It was. I mean, we all, we actually, it was very sweet. Andy, one of the um, directors, he came and he played it for us at our house. And there was mm-hmm. one scene, we literally paused the movie for about 20 minutes and we just wept together, you know what I mean? And so, but it's one of those things where Jeremy and I have always said, we don't want to... It's like we protect our kids from, there's a lot of things we do protect our kids from, but the reality and the hardship of life, we want them to see God's hand in it. Mm -hmm. And so we've not sheltered them from those things. So we want them to see like, yeah, this is hard, but this is how God really meets you in those hard things, you know? Um, And so it was hard for for them, you know, they, they were sad to see how hurt Jeremy was, Um, but it's been so good. Mm. Yeah, incredible. And I think at the end of the day, it's just going, the Lord is with us in our hardships. And that's what Christianity is all about. You know, it's not about this life that's full of blessings and free from persecution and hardship. It's about Jesus being with us in all of those things. Well, well, I know everybody's very excited for the movie to come out. But you just don't have a movie coming out about (laughs) Hell's Life. You also have a book coming out in just a couple weeks. You have your children's book with your daughters called and what's the name of it even me even me and what is yes. it about so or do we have to get it and buy it before no we i'll tell you yeah oh i'm so excited this has been one of the most fun things i think i've ever been a part of was writing the children's book my girls went on a mission trip with jeremy to uganda um two years ago three years ago now and um and when they went i was 
numerous times got approached by different people going, I can't believe you let your kids go. Aren't you, aren't you afraid of yellow fever? Aren't you afraid of malaria? Like, is it unsafe? You know, all these questions. And so I just started thinking about some of those things. And I thought, you know what? Our kids are being raised in such a unique Mm -hmm. way. I mean, my kids have traveled to 10 or 11 or however many different countries have seen so many different environments, been around so many different people of all religions, all races. And I just started thinking about all of that. And I just kind of prayed like, Lord, if there's something you want me to do, just show me, you know? And all of a sudden I had this idea of writing the children's book from their perspective and just about from a child's perspective, what it was like to raise funds to go on a mission trip and some of their you know, the fear that they did feel, you know, one of the mornings they woke up and they were really scared and just kind of going through some of those things. But just despite how young they were at the time that God can still use them, Mm -hmm. because I just thought there've been so many times when we've been on tour that the that our kids have been used. I feel like sometimes more than us. I mean, Mm -hmm. for anyone who's met my little son, Egan, he literally steals everybody's hearts with a hug, you know, and kids just have this incredible ability to tear down walls And so I just, I want children to know that it's not just adults that can make a difference, but they can too. And so it's about like, don't let your race, your age, whatever it is, hold you back. Mm -hmm. But basically saying God can use even me, you know, I love that. I've taken the words out of my mouth. I've said so many times I've used my children. I just, that sounds bad. I've used them, but I've watched God use them to break walls down in people's hearts. Absolutely. In such a powerful way that I've never sheltered them from anybody. Yeah. Because it is a gift that children have to be able to share the love, just kind of. Oh, they don't know any bounds. You know what I mean? It's it's no. Yeah, it's like, you know, Egan will be playing in the park with some kid for five minutes and he comes back and tells me, he's my best friend. And I'm like, that's great, buddy. What's his name? I don't know. (laughs) And it's just so sweet, just this awesome, amazing amount of love that they have for people, you know? And so I just want to encourage kids, like, it's there's That's that scripture, awesome. you know, oh, don't let anyone look down upon Margaret. you. Yeah, because you're young, but you can set an example in love and deed and in purity. And so you can make a difference. You know, it doesn't matter how old you are. You don't just have a children's book coming out either. No. <laughs> what's the other book you have coming okay, out? Okay, so Jeremy and I wrote a marriage book together. And what's so funny is... A marriage book. Do you feel yeah. like you're old enough? Matt, I'm not like saying that because of it. No. I, I realize I've been married 12 years. I'm like, wow, that went yeah. really fast. Can you believe you're at a time in your life to write a marriage book? I know. Well, you know what? It was very intimidating because I felt like there was this thing. We, we both were like, does it mean we're telling people we've got it all together? And that was the whole thing as we were going, no, that's exactly what we want to tell people. We don't have it all together. We don't know all, all the answers, but this is how we do life and family. And both Jeremy and I are very transparent in it. And so, because we want to give people hope. And I think in this day and age to be married for 16 years, even though, I mean, I look at my parents, they've been married for 45 years. And I think that's incredible, but like that doesn't happen anymore in our Mm -hmm. world. You know what I mean? And again, we're in this society that says me first, me first. And a good marriage just doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. And so, um, we talk about the challenges of both of our strong personalities and how do we juggle death and and grieving and kids and money and like all of these different things. And so basically for us, especially with the movie coming out, we just knew that there would be a new light that would be put on us. And we just wanted to have a deep, like, Hey, this is really our story. Um, we don't have it all together, but this is us and this is where we are in life and hope it encourages people along the way. And you all have so much going on. (laughs) And I'm so thankful you took the time to spend with me today. And it is just, 
I, something as we're talking came to my mind of a lady that shared with me is, Sissy, women can have it all. We just can't have it all at the same time. Absolutely. And you, as you're sharing your story and what God's done at different stages in your life. Yes. And how I look at the beginning and maybe it looks like from the world's point of view that you sacrificed your career for your husband and your family. Yes. But not at all. No. So, Lord, I trust you. Mm-hmm. And you're obedient and how God has continued to bless you with doing all the things you love. Yes. Whether it was being a mom and a wife and going on tour with Jeremy, writing books, and now this movie coming out. It is really beautiful yeah. to see what God's done with your life that just through your obedience to him and service, whatever that looks like in whatever stage of life you're in, saying, Lord, I'm yours. Absolutely. I'm here to you. Yeah. I think God is so trustworthy. I mean, we, we almost forget sometimes that he actually does know what's best for us, mm-hmm. you know, and so we can trust him with our dreams and desires and let him be the one to lead us through those things, you know? And so, um, I love it. I'm like, Lord, we're next. What do you have next? You know? And I don't want to go there without him. So, (laughs) well, and I want to encourage those who are listening to be praying for Jeremy and for 80. Thank you. They have a lot going on and God is going to use it in a mighty way. But whatever God's using, Satan is there to want to absolutely um, to try to destroy whatever's coming on. So I want to encourage you, pray for them, pray for their children. And this journey that they're on and this next chapter of the movie and the books coming out, I encourage you to pray for them. Thank but you. The sound, another sound check is getting ready to start out, which <laughs> means the program's getting ready to get started. So we better get going. But thank you so much, Katie. Thanks for, for having me. As we wrap up, I want to thank you for joining me on another episode of Fearless and what a special treat it was to have 80 today. I will put links to her two books coming out, her children's book and marriage book in my show notes, but also put uh, the link for the movie, I Still Believe. I want to encourage you to go see it, show them support, and I also want to encourage you to right now as you're listening, pray for the Camp family. They have a lot going on in their lives. This is a great opportunity that God is using. Um, Pray that God will protect their family, but also that God will use their story in a mighty way. Thank you for joining us today. I want to encourage you, follow me on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 